0: back to the one link podcast i'm brad joined as always with my good friend james how are you today james
1: i'm excellent 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 fall is upon us
0: yes starting to get a little relief from the heat and we're starting to get on the road to meet up with students and so we're thinking about mobilization and so what are we going to talk about today
1: uh, well, today we're going to kind of carry on the conversation from the last podcast. We're talking about like, what's the status. And today we're going to talk about some of the challenges uh, and barriers to mobilizing, to, to getting this, this army ready for the spiritual battle, specifically overseas. And then also some of the opportunities. What are some of the opportunities we have specifically as Americans to do this and do this well?
0: So, yeah, I think we both brainstormed our top five on each of these categories, <laughs> challenges and opportunities. <laughs> And so I I guess I would say, listeners, take this with a grain of salt. This is not highly researched. This is just James and Brad's opinions on challenges that I think they are, uh, probably many would agree with them. Uh, At least they better, right, James?
1: That's right. Or else.
0: (laughs) No, but this is uh, just from our mobilization experience, our, our sort of anecdotal connecting with people, hearing people's challenges and objections. This is what we've got. So uh, why don't I start, James? You Sounds want me to hit, yeah. hit it up yeah. first here?
1: Yeah, what's your top uh, five?
0: Well, I think, let me just preface it with this. I think that uh, ultimately, the, you know, there's a, I have a top five, but there's sort of a top one in this, mm-hmm. and that is that, well, like we said in our last episode, we have an enemy who does not want the gospel to go to people, does not want to see the kingdom of God at work and coming in power in people's lives. And so he is always going to be working to discourage that from happening, to discourage the gospel going forth. And so there's lots of reasons, but I think that's, you know, sort of it could probably boil down to that an enemy who doesn't want to see this happen. And of course, sinful humanity <laughs> is is right there with that. Mm-hmm. So I would say kind of the first thing that came to my mind is that distraction is a big challenge for people really prioritizing taking the gospel to the nations. And by that, I mean, distraction, you know, other issues that are maybe lesser things that become priorities or just take our time and attention, focus away from what is ultimately important. And that could be either on an individual level in a person's life, you know, they're distracted by everything going on in their life, uh, or they're really, you know, their biggest issue right now is they're so upset about some peripheral thing like, you know, Mm. All the, We could name all the things that have, you know, masks, vaccines, you name it. Politics. The, politics, right, that are not, you know, unimportant, but are maybe not the ultimate kind of Great Commission sort of, you know, level of importance. And so that can happen on an individual level, and it can happen at a church-wide level. I mean, all the things that churches have to do just to keep their head above water and and take care of and and problems to deal with, those can, I think, distract people. From what's ultimately important. A uh, second one for me is lack of teaching or discipleship. I just think a lot of people don't realize, you know, these, I think there's a growing uh, understanding of unreached people groups and the 1040 window. You know, it used to be when in the early days when I would go talk, uh, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, for a lot of people, you had to really make sure and explain that because they'd never heard of those terms. I think there's a little bit more knowledge, but I think still there's, why that's important? Why? How do we answer the question of why should we go there when there's so much to do here in America? All these kind of reasons for going. I think there's just always continued need to teach and disciple, and there are people out there who maybe have not received that or you know been exposed to that. So I think that's um, that's my number two. Feel free to jump in. And, yeah, and uh, I
1: would I would just say with that, like even discipleship itself, like that is a movement that's growing in the church, like a, a calling back to like actively making disciples and and I think that's a good thing so I think that'll help as well but um, in some ways uh, if you weren't discipled well it's hard to do it and if someone didn't disciple you and aren't, they aren't putting that into you it's hard for you to to feel it and put it into the next
0: so number one distraction to lack of teaching or discipleship i think three in terms of challenge just a mobilization uh, just being too comfortable or settled where they are i mean i think for a lot of people the idea of Going off to this you know place where they may or may not have good air conditioning <laughs> or they uh, you might have to eat weird things or it's just what's known and what's you know right here in front of me is more comfortable and more desirable, I think for a lot of people. And so I think that's you know the fact particularly that we are a very affluent uh, mm-hmm. society. We have a lot of creature comforts that can be challenging to mobilize people to give some of that up. So that sort of comfort and feeling of being settled, established here is, uh, I think, a big one. Uh, would you say that's something you've seen as well? Absolutely. Honestly, James, I feel like I'm starting to experience it personally. Uh, just now that I've been back uh, in the states for a- almost five years, it's like, wow. I, you know, if I went back overseas, would I be able to have? Could <laughs> we have our little garden like we do now? And you know, just all these. Yeah. Kind of nice things I've gotten used to. Uh the yeah. nice little central air conditioning and appliances and all these things. It's yeah. it's uh it's hard yeah. to think about leaving that behind.
1: Yeah, your own house. I I totally get that. I don't think it's something we're immune from. I wish we were.
0: Number four for me, I think is fear slash indecision. As we just said in our last point, it's costly to go overseas. There's some things you have to give up. I mean, I can remember. Ah, uh, well-intended people, but they would that would come to us when we when we had kids, and we came back on our furlough, and they're like, "Well, as soon as they get age so they can play t-ball and stuff, you guys will come back, right?" Because I mean, that wouldn't be fair to them if they didn't get to experience little league baseball and all these things. And so uh, I was like, "Goodness, I hadn't even thought about any of that." And surely, surely, the Great Commission is, worth, is worth letting go of some of those things. But you know, there's there's fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of goes into indecision in that there's sort of this like, well, how do I know for sure? How do I know if I'm called? What if I make the wrong decision? And so I think for a lot of people you talk to, you know, very few of the people that we run across are going to say, well, I'm totally closed off to that. Even if God tells me to go, I'm not going to go. It's, it's more like, well, I'm kind of open, but I don't know for sure. And so I think in, indecision can become a decision. Mm-hmm. Right, if you yeah. just perpetually don't decide, that's a decision you yeah. decided, <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I think that is maybe in our line that's uh, a bigger issue, even so, yeah, fear and indecision
1: for sure. I think, and it was, then the, oh, go I, ahead, James. I was gonna say, I think your wife was saying one time at one of our connections meetings for people interested in longer term service about that. It's like, you know, if you have an interest in missions, like that, there's not that many people that are thinking, like, yeah, I'd like to go live overseas, like, if you have an interest there. That's probably a pretty legitimate calling, and there's tons of ways God can shut the door. You cannot mm-hmm. get a visa, you can have a health issue, your organization can turn you down. The tricky part is really like when you run into those obstacles, knowing like is this a a break from God or is this you know something to push through that there's lots of ways to stop you know so if you're if you have an interest and pursue it, it's not gonna mm-hmm. you're not committing for life, you didn't have to p- pack in your coffin these days, you know like
0: right. Yeah. I mean, I think the current is running against going overseas. So you you have mm-hmm. to really, uh, if God, if you've got put that on your heart, there's probably a reason for it. So you have to kind of take initiative. Uh, I think that's a value that we have around here, right? Yeah. That's um, what they say. <laughs> so uh, number five for me is I think personal struggles knock out a lot of people, be this uh, mental health challenges, addiction. You know, we you talk to some of these recruiters, and it's like, yeah, the the amount of people that are coming to them and pornography and some of these things, they're they're just uh, so addicted that they right now they can't go because of that. <clears throat> Family challenges, I think, knocks out a lot of people. So I put that all in the category of personal struggles.
1: What do you mean by mental health?
0: Well, I think there's a lot of people that they're really needing to get to a a, a little bit more stability in that area of either depression, anxiety. And so you again you talk to recruiters and they say, yeah, we asked them to maybe wait a year and kind of uh mm. because they're they're really having a hard time, they're very up and down with that, or they're really need maybe they went on medication and they need to get that stabilized. And so uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not speaking derog in a derogatory way towards people that struggle with such things. I'm just saying I think sometimes that makes it hard to think about uprooting your life and going all the way over to this area where there aren't a lot of resources. There may not be counseling resources or things like that as much of a support system. So I think some people uh, feel like that would be unwise because of the, those struggles they're having. Gotcha.
1: Happening. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Gotcha. Those are all good, all really good things. Mine has some similarities, uh, maybe a few differences. You know, the first one I thought of, I call it the rich young ruler sin, syndrome, you know, and in, in Matthew 19 story, rich young ruler comes to Jesus, Jesus tells him, Couple of things they have this dialogue and then Jesus says, you know, sell everything you have and come follow me. And the guy goes away sad because he was he was very wealthy. And the problem is for us, is that we are all rich young rulers. And when we're talking to college students, like uh, you're you may feel like you're poor as poor as a I don't know what analogy to use, poor as a don't oh, have two dimes go. to <laughs> yeah
0: two, two nickels to rub together two nickels to
1: rub together yeah, that's right there you go um, i thought you
0: were gonna bring out some new mexico saying i was me, it James, was right I'm there but i couldn't
1: <laughs> couldn't quite pull it you know you, you may feel like you're poor but really like if you look around the and and boy i felt like that way a time or two uh you might but you look around at the world like no you're you're actually one of the wealthiest and you know it's always easy to find somebody higher than you but you know there's tons of places in the world like like you're getting a college degree. When you graduate, you'll probably have really easy access to credit where you can buy a really good house in a stable country in a that will appreciate in value, that will give you a good retirement. Like there's just all these things. And so we really are, uh, we're, we're the rich young rulers. And when you weigh these things, like there's a cost to follow Christ. And Christ doesn't tell everyone to sell everything they have and follow him. But I do think Christ tells us all to surrender everything we have and follow him. And he may leave something in your possession as a steward, but, but will we lay it all on the line and say, all right, God, whatever you say, I, I will do. And just as you and I talked a minute ago, you know, we're comfortable. It's easy to get settled. It's a hard thing, hard thing to say. It's a hard thing to think about, you know, moving overseas with your kids. It's a hard thing to think about moving overseas, being single. What if that means I, I'm going to remain in this, in this category? Uh, so some of it's just accounting the cost. And we say, we say we're not willing to, to do it, and, and we walk away sad, which I don't, I don't recommend. And if you see me doing that, rebuke me, please. Okay. Um, second second thing I think about is parents' desires is a barrier. Uh, it's kind of the same story as before to the rich young ruler. Uh, I was really struck by this. This was a few years ago. We were home stateside. And there was somebody, it was a Christian person I was talking to, him, and they were just bragging to me about like their child and what a great job they got and how much money they were making. And I thought to myself, I'm like, because in, in that passage, in The Rich Young Ruler, he says, you know, it's so hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I, in the picture in my mind, I'm like, wait a minute, you're just bragging to me about like all this money your, your child is making. Like, are, are, you, are you aware that Jesus said that that might make it harder for them to get into the kingdom of heaven? You know, like mm-hmm. where is your where is your value? Where are you putting your treasures? You know, mm-hmm. where where your yeah. treasures are, there your heart will be also. And so, sometimes as parents, uh, we see obstacles. I talked with a missions pastor at a at a really large upper middle class church, and he was saying one of the challenges is I think if there's a number of of young people in our church that if they said they wanted to go, it actually be their parents that stopped them. You know, mm-hmm. like, this is mm-hmm. all the things you're giving up. Another interesting story. This is an old Hudson Taylor story. You should like this. The lady named Isabel Kuhn, Kane, Quinn, I don't know how you pronounce her name, but she did a lot of writing for them. Uh, she's with the China Inland Mission and their family had been like big supporters of, of the mission. And then until it came time for her to go. And then all of a sudden her mom was not okay with that. Mm-hmm. She didn't want her, her daughter being the one going around asking people for support or... So sometimes as as parents, we need to make sure that that we're releasing our children to, then you have a tricky issue of like, what if, what if it's my parents and they say, don't go, that's maybe more to unpack here in general, general scenarios, but you got to, you got to weigh those options. How am I honoring my father, mother versus obeying what God said? So mm-hmm. I feel like yeah, that's, absolutely that's kind of a heavy one, but I think it's true. Mm-hmm. There's probably number three for me. There's probably not enough people mobilizing. And I conclude I that not just people like us or the traveling team or mission agencies, but also like churches, pastors, lay leaders in a church, all of those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. More people, more people talking about it would always be good.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, number four for me is that we as a church, American church, are not living a completely surrendered life. Mm-hmm. And that's and I'm definitely saying a we uh, something we constantly live for, but like let's not hold on to the treasures of this world, mm-hmm. but let's say we're all in for God. And I actually had a hard time with the fifth. I thought, well, maybe funding that might be one yeah, of the you, barriers. You have a
0: question mark next to this <laughs> one on your list, so I wasn't sure if you that was a complete thought or not.
1: Yeah, I know funding is a very interesting issue. You know, like it it is a challenge, or sometimes you know, for our students that were sending, we're saying, by the way, this summer, you know, you're not only not going to get a job, you're going to raise a certain amount of money, pay and spend this money. And so sometimes, sometimes that's an obstacle. Although I don't know that we have ever had anybody not be able to go because they couldn't get funding. Not that I'm aware of.
0: Not, yeah. Not since I've been around. Yeah. I, I, um, I have kind of mixed feeling. Can I push, am I allowed to yeah. push back yeah. on you, James? All yeah. right. You're you're the host, and your, your, your co-host. <laughs> so I want to be respectful here. You're, but, you're uh, the
1: brains; I'm the mouth.
0: I I mean, I do think, as we said in our last episode, that there are some priority changes that need to happen. F- you know what people's giving up; they're using what the church, what individuals are using with their money. But I feel like we're not. It's I don't think we're not going because we don't have the resources to go here in America. I mean, I do mm. think. Uh, There may be a perception or the idea of having to raise support. I would agree with that, that some people are like, I'd like to go, but man, try the idea of raising my own support to do it is so intimidating that Mm -hmm. maybe that that delays them. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I don't think we lack resources. I think we maybe lack priority is a greater issue, but maybe that's some of what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: I think I would agree with that. And that said, well, and actually when we get to our opportunities, that's kind of, maybe I have funding question mark as an opportunity to, um, mm-hmm. but it fit, fits in both categories.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, that just let me trash your fifth idea there. Yeah, so sorry right. about that. Every
1: <laughs> now and then it needs it. And I'm, I'm open to a good, uh, a good pushback.
0: <laughs> I'm glad we're friends here, James, yeah. so we can pull this off.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: And, and let me say too, I just, as we're both sharing these things, I, I kind of had this feeling of like, we, we probably need to qualify that not everyone is supposed to go overseas, so just because we're not by pointing out these barriers, we're not saying any, if, if someone doesn't go overseas, there's some failure that's happened. They must be one of these categories. It could be that they're just called to do something else. So we're not mm-hmm. trying to be those mission snobs that you referenced right. before. Um, <laughs> that's right. But for I think we do see this group of people that are there's desire there, there's, you know, interest, openness, but they get kind of stuck. For various mm-hmm. reasons they they kind of get to the edge and they're like, yeah, I think I should go, but I'm not sure. And so that that's maybe more of what we're talking about, what things are holding them back from taking the leap, and mm-hmm. what things are holding all of us back from prioritizing so that we are mobilizing, whether we're senders, supporters, goers, mm-hmm. whatever it would be, what's what's holding us all back. So I think those are maybe some important qualifications,
1: yeah, I would agree with that. Well, that's kind of all the negative. Now that we've brought everybody down to the valley. <laughs> that's right. Let's send them back up to the mountain. Uh, Why don't yes. you put down your top five opportunities?
0: Well, and and I think just like before I said, the ultimate boiling down is to an enemy who doesn't want this to happen. I think we have to remember God is raising up laborers. We tr- we have to trust that he's, as much as we want to wring our hands as missions mobilizers, we've got to trust that we're we're co-laboring with God, of course, our efforts matter, but he's going to raise up laborers and it may not always feel like as many as we want. You know, he can, I, I think God can, can call people and is calling people and his will is going to be done. And so we need to sometimes take a deep breath as yeah. mobilizers, yeah. But, uh, but then get back up and start working yeah. hard again. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, so anyways, all that to say, here's my top five. Uh, I think you think particularly about Americans we do have resources, be they financial resources. The um, Even though we wish there was more going to missions, there still is a lot of money that, available to send people. Teaching resources as Native English speakers, and that because the, the church is of a certain size and critical mass in America, there's lots of teaching we have access to, discipleship opportunities, training. I mean, I, I worked to help mobilize a little bit of another people group, an Asian people group. And that was one of the challenges. It wasn't like, you know, down the road, they've got some missions training organization. I mean, they were starting from nothing. And so we have some well-established resources like this, sending agencies that have been doing this and they can help people go. And so that's, uh, I think that's an advantage that we do have. Now, of course, Everybody's got the Holy Spirit. And so we're, I'm not saying that this is ultimate, <laughs> right. but I'm saying, hey, praise the Lord, we have these resources. Yeah. Number two is that we have a support structure too. This is another challenge I would see with this people group and other people groups that are out there. Uh, because they were still kind of pioneering areas, when they went out, there wasn't an established support system to help them. And so that was a big issue. People would come back. I think the of that people group, the average, amount of time was six months before they were coming back. And many of them said, I just felt discouraged. I felt like nobody, nobody was supporting me from back home. And you certainly you hear that from American missionaries mm-hmm. as well. Like, ah, oh, I feel like everybody back home forgot about me, but largely we have uh, churches and agencies. And I mean, I remember when I was in the field, i get visitors all the time, people from back home mm-hmm. coming and visiting, encouraging me. And so I think that's something we should praise the Lord for as well, not not overlook.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I don't know if you, maybe you would, uh, this is where your opportunity to push back on me, do you feel like, because <laughs> I know you, you went out and you probably had some struggles and victories in that area. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would. And even, you know, one time we went out sent by, you know, a really large mission organization. And one time we went out just sent by our, our smaller church. And so there was a different levels of support and and different stuff, but like there was still, there was still plenty of support. There were people thinking about us, praying for us. And we connected maybe with a broader network of people because we were, we were a little bit more independent. Mm -hmm. So we might've connected with a broader group of, of missionaries across a broader group of organizations. But there was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of that where when you think about, you know, people that like when you first went out, whether Mm -hmm. it's this people group or even, you know, Americans back with William Carey, the support looked a lot different back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Number three for me, I think, is access as Americans. You know, just thinking about this summer, I landed in five different countries and had to do very little to either transit or spend time in those countries. And so uh, we do have the ability to go places. I mean, the number of places in the world that you can just show up, no visa, nothing prepared. And be there for three months is a lot of places for americans and so between that and you know maybe opportunities to teach teach english mm-hmm. or uh, business platforms you know the places that are eager and interested in american businesses to invest in their location uh, we have some access advantages that we can really be grateful for
1: yeah for sure
0: and i think the next one kind of goes along with that teaching thing is that we speak a global language I, I traveled all those places this summer. I don't speak any one of the languages of where I was at and yet did fine. You know, signs were in English. Mm-hmm. People in the airports that were helping me spoke English. We Every year we send out these teams to however many countries. And I'm just shocked. It's like, yeah. how can this work? These students don't speak <laughs> any of these languages. And they come back with people they built relationships with and, you know, shared with and had meaningful interactions with because of this english being a global language and so that that's not i'm not being ethnocentric and saying our language is better or our la- we're superior right. or any, that, that's not where i'm going i just mean it provides an opportunity to connect with people out there because there's more globalization and th- that seems to be kind of the shared global language
1: yeah it's a time and place and right now it's mm-hmm. a it's a benefit
0: yeah and so, and I'm also not discouraging people from learning local <laughs> languages. As you and <laughs> right. I know, that you will uh, never hear yeah. me doing that. But yeah, 10,000%. Uh,
1: ten, ten when you're on your short term uh, trip, you know, you you get to use English and you learn a few. But once you get there, you know, do your best to learn the language as well as you can. Because in the end, their heart still speaks whatever that language is. It doesn't speak English. Is there? That's, that's when God speaks to them, most likely he's going to use their native tongue. And yeah. I would like to be somewhat fluent in it myself
0: Mm -hmm. right but we get get to have a a step foot in the door pretty easy with english um yeah i think the fifth thing i kind of was like you i battled on both categories i battled what is the fifth thing and (laughs) i think uh history is the the bottom line for it um we have been sending from america now for over 200 years Mm -hmm. and so i think there's lessons that have been learned you know and there's and some of these agencies, you know, like we've referenced the IMB several times, they've been around what over 150 years now, and so you learn some lessons, you establish some work, you you know you it helps to kind of have some continuity in places. Now there are some negative sides to that, you know. Mm-hmm. I think you can, as time goes by, you become a little bit more, shall we say, bureaucratic or risk averse. So there's a neg- mm-hmm. there's a negative side to being established and having a lot of history but I think largely there's a bunch that we can be grateful for. And so, um, in places where you're just starting, you kind of make a lot of those same mistakes that, you know, people did when they first started coming out from America. So we can build on something and that that's a positive trend for us.
1: Yeah. I think we have, we have 150 or 200 years of mistakes that we uh, (laughs) That's right. at least avoid some of them, you know, and, and, uh, I worked, I, I didn't do a lot with it, but just uh, touched a little bit with people group overseas it was working on training and they you know they had some of those access but they really were in a lot of ways they were starting years behind and i think the wise ones were trying to connect with with people that had sent you know to see to move forward in that progress uh, avoid avoid some of those earlier mistakes and move forward but then also you know recontextualize it to their people group and the challenges coming out of their people group to send and and those are different than our challenges. But that Mm -hmm. that history is a crazily, crazily valuable. Yeah. I would say even, you know, a couple episodes ago we talked about colonialism being, you know that missions a barrier, barrier, yeah. You know, but like where we're at from when missions started to where we are now, like even I I think it was in the eighties or nineties, there was, you know, a really big shift in missions into more like church planting and more indigenous leadership and trying to raise, like there was, there's just all kinds of things that have changed and it's, it's tremendously hard when you go from this in a good way, a good Christian cultural context that you grow up in, like, this is what a church is. This is what a church leader looks like. This And all of a sudden switch that to a, a whole new people group where the dynamics are different, where the history, like just all these things, like that's a, that's a big jump and a big change. And so being able to follow in the footsteps of having people being like, let me walk you through this little minefield, or let me show you the path to get through this maze. And it may not, I may not be able to get you all the way to the other side, but I can get you a long ways. I that's some markers before you. So definitely a a huge, huge advantage.
0: Mm, Absolutely. And so, yeah, when I think about all these things, as much, I, I, Am all for, we're going to talk about this, I think, in some interviews later of mobilizing uh, Latin Americans, Sub Saharan Africa, Asia. There's places where really untapped mobilization fields, and I'm 110% for mobilizing. Uh, But I, and I'd be, what's going to be really interesting from one of those interviews is there are some out there that feel like, well, Americans, they're just, you know, They're disinterested. They're too affluent. Let's go after people in these other areas where they're more hungry, more available. I'm not sure that I 100% agree with that, but I I think it'd be interesting to discuss it. But I do think if Americans aren't supposed to go, then who is supposed to go, right? Right. (laughs) It's like we have incredible resources and opportunities. And so thinking about these other people groups that would have to raise $5,000 to go on one of these trips with us, that's a Massive, massive undertaking, and so while we're not, we don't, we're not superior. We're not promoting mm-hmm. that in any way. I think we, uh, we still have to say, hey, we've got some opportunities, and let's take advantage of them.
1: Yeah, for sure. When I look at my top five, there's a lot of the same. I won't belabor too many of them that are identical. But one, you know, we are one of the richest nations, and so we have all these resources. We can, we can gather the funds. We can send our Currency exchange rate is often favorable. There's just lots of advantages. The number two was lots of access. Visas are easier. I've got a buddy from West Africa, from the Ivory Coast, uh, and he's seriously working, considering trying to get a, a Canadian citizenship because it's incredibly hard for him to, to get a visa to go to places. Uh, his local currency, there's actually not like a direct exchange. Like He has to exchange it into euros and then, from euros into whatever that local currency is. So it's like we have we have like the the major traded currency in the world. we can get the visas. There's a few places in the world we can't get visas, and maybe another country country can, and, and I think God can and will use that. But uh, we have that. Uh, lots of training. We already hit that one up. I think I, I think a lot of mine just came down. The funding. Funding's available. We've never had a student that wasn't able to go. The odd thing and the thing about the barrier, maybe to me, is some of it is like, I think we have the access. The funding is there. It's not always given. Maybe it's, and sometimes it's the fear of asking for it. Americans have a weird relationship with money. I'm one of them. Where I was at overseas, it was super common for people to just come up and ask you how much money you make. And I thought that was like really weird. And I was talking to a a buddy of mine, and and I'm like, yeah, it's like when like when in a relationship do you ask somebody how much money they make, and he was like, I don't know. A long long time before you'd ask him what their name is. <laughs> and I, I talk quite freely about it, but but here we don't always, and and we we have some stigma about asking people for money that kind of thing. So it's kind of a both mm-hmm. both side of it. But there's definitely a like who are we going to serve? Because we're so affluent, who are we going to serve? Are we going to serve God? Are we going to serve money?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's sort of our strength and our weakness. It's the, it's, fl- the flip side of it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but we're in a good place. It's a respected position where, you know, some of our, when I think about the the people group that was going overseas, like a lot of their family had very negative connotations about them going overseas. Sometimes they couldn't even tell their family what they were doing where for us like maybe we had to hide our identity overseas more but like when you came back people patting you on the back hey that's a great job really respect what you're doing and so while you might give up some comforts and you might give up some financial benefits you gain some respect or for some other people groups like you give all that up like you you lose your face you lose your income Like just all these things so uh, in some ways we sacrifice less so i don't know There's uh there's lots of great opportunities. There are barriers. I think there always will be. I think there'll always be opportunities.
0: Yeah, and again, I want to reiterate that we're. I believe in the global church going to the whole world. So that's not what we're saying, but we're just sort of honing in on this. Do Americans have any opportunities? And I think we have many, and so we should take advantage of those
1: yeah absolutely and then yes to these other people groups going absolutely Ye- yes w- to both yes to both that's right anyway we can encourage them yeah it'll be interesting to get some of these interviews and see see what some other people have to say about that
0: absolutely well why don't we call it a day there and we'll jump back in next time
1: okay that sounds good we appreciate you listeners if you're enjoying the podcast do us a favor and tell a friend about it
0: absolutely we'll see you next time
1: see ya.